Genesis 27, verse number one, Genesis 27 and one. If you can indulge me, but let's honor the Lord as we stand for the reading of God's holy word. Amen. Genesis chapter number 27, starting at verse number one. Here begins the reading of God's holy word. And it came to pass that when Isaac was old and his eyes were dim so that he could not see, he called Esau, his eldest son, and said unto him, my son. And he said unto him, behold, here am I. And he said, behold, now I am old. I know not the day of my death. Now, therefore, take, I pray thee, thy weapons, thy quiver and thy bow, and go out to the field and take me some venison and make me savory meat such as I love and bring it to me that I may eat that my soul may bless thee before I die. And Rebekah heard when Isaac spake to Esau, his son, and Esau went to the field to hunt for venison and to bring it. And Rebekah spake unto Jacob, her son, saying, Behold, I heard thy father speak unto Esau, thy brother, saying, Bring me venison and make me savory meat that I may eat and bless thee before the Lord before my death. Now, therefore, my son, obey my voice according to that which I command thee. Amen. You can be seated in the presence of our living God. Amen. Amen. And today, the title of the text that we're going to be working with is simply called, Do You See What I See? As we're continuing with our current sermon series, we've been talking about the blind spots or having the beam in the eye. And what we found out, even on last week, a lot of us are partial to family or family members. Therefore, we have blind spots when it comes to our family, family members, right? And so that's what we're going to be talking about, these blind spots that we have in regards to family members. So the question or the title of the text is, do you see what I see? And, and, and what I'm speaking about is we may, when you think about two different individuals, we can go to a museum, we can both stand in front of a, 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 a piece of art where, and, and, and we can see this artwork, but we can interpret it very, very differently, or we can see something altogether different. So the question is, do you see what I see, right? And I pray that this, this is going to make sense to you as we dive through and walk through this, you know? And so what I'm going to do is I'm going to go to the book of, uh, well, we're going to stay in the same book. We're just going to flip back two chapters so we can get a little bit of understanding of what's taking place. So we're going to flip over to the book of Genesis, right? Uh, uh, Genesis 25, and we're going to land at 22 to give us a little bit of understanding. And the scripture says, and the children struggled together, right, within her. And she said, if it be so, why am I thus? And she went to inquire of the Lord, right? And the Lord said unto her, two nations are in thy womb, and two manner of people shall be separated from thy bowels. And the one people shall be stronger than the other people, and the elder shall serve the younger. Amen. And so what we're seeing in, in this to give us a little context to, to help us understand chapter number 27 a little bit better. Right. Uh, uh, we understand Rebecca. She was barren. Isaac went, you know, uh, and, and took her before the Lord or prayed. I'm saying he went and he prayed, lifted her up before the Lord concerning her barrenness. And God entreated Isaac. God showed him favor where he did bless the womb of Rebecca so that she could actually, you know, be with child. And so what we found that when she actually became with child, she was, you know, uh, uh, pregnant with twins. Of course, we understand these twins to be both Esau and Jacob, right? And so when we think about this right here, what begins to take place, uh, you know, God is now explaining to her. She went to inquire of the Lord because, 
you know, during her pregnancy, things didn't seem right on the inside as we gather from what the scriptures are saying to the point that she began to consult the Lord about why am I feeling this way, even though I'm pregnant now, why am I feeling the way that I'm feeling? And, and the scripture lets us know the children struggled. There was a struggle taking place on the inside of her. And, and when you talk about, you know, them struggling together, right, there was this question or this this, this, we understand struggle in the sense of a wrestle per se, right? Uh, which was taking place. And, and, and if we dive a little bit deeper into the context of that, uh, what we see the children already in the womb was trying to see who was going to be the more dominant child per se. If you want to look at it in that manner right there, hence the struggle that was taking place on the inside of her, right? And so the Lord began to explain to her this particular struggle that is taking place or what's happening as the struggle is taking place. See, he's saying there are two nations. There are two nations. A nation is going to come from Jacob. A nation is also going to come from Esau, right? And he, he begins to say, you know, they're going to be, the, the as these people, these particular nations come about, the manner of how these two nations move and operate are going to be very, very different, right, uh, from one another. And he said, one nation is going to be stronger than the other nation, right? But then he gives us a little bit more clarity, and he says the eldest son, that being Esau, which we know according to the scripture, Esau is going to actually serve Jacob. So again, the question is, do you see what I see? And when we dive a little bit deeper in the context of that question, how do you see what it is that you say that you see. Or in other words, how do you interpret what it is that you say that you see? A lot of times when we begin to look at the scripture, uh, we tend to become a little bit, you know, standoffish. We can have a side eye, you know, and, and when we talk about Jacob, right? And when we look at the players in this particular chapter, right, we understand that there is Isaac, there is Rebecca, there is Esau, and there is Jacob, right? And when you think about the names, Isaac, his name means uh, uh, he laughs. Of course, we understand Isaac to be the promise, right? He laughs, denoted when God told Abraham and Sarah that they would have child, Sarah laughed you know, at what God had said was supposed to take place, considering their age and how they were well past, you know, you know, things supposed to operate and bring forth a child, she laughed. And so this is where the term or the name Isaac comes from, right? And we understand Rebecca, Rebecca, her name means ensnara. And when you talk about a snare, one who traps or one who, you know, lays a snare or a trap for one another, uh, another individual per se. So her name means ensnara. Esau, his name means Harry. We also know another name for Esau is Edom, right? So hence, this is where the Edomites come from. They come from Esau. They're the nation that is that 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 uh, uh, comes from Esau per se, right? Uh, and his name again, it means uh, Harry, or it means uh, uh, Edom, which means red, right? So when Esau was actually born, the skin or the hair in him was actually red, red in color, right? And we know that he was very hairy when he was born, right? Jacob, who we tend to talk about more, hear more about, we understand that his name means the supplanter, or we oftentimes hear people say he was a deceiver. His name also means healed holder or healed grabber, right? And we understand why he's been labeled that because upon him being born and coming out, we know that he grabbed the heel of his brother, right? So as we go back over to Genesis chapter number 27, right? And we look at this particular chapter, right? We understand Genesis, it talks about the book of origins, right? Um, 
you know, we have uh, the days of creation and all these things that God brought about. But when you talk about the book of origins, the origin in the sense where God was now establishing this covenant relationship with the people, we understand God, he chose Abraham or Abram at the time told him to get up and leave his kinfolk and he would show him a land that he would give him according to the word of the Lord, right? So God was now partnering with Abraham to give him this promised land that he would establish a people and bring about a nation that would become a nation of priests where they would be a blessing to all other nations and the surrounding nations and those other nations of the world because of the Messiah coming through this particular people, right? So we're seeing the origins, not just of what God will bring about by the way of creation, but we see the book of origin in the sense where God is now establishing or bringing about this covenant people, this covenant nation that he wants to be a blessing to all the other nations of the world, right? So he starts with Abram and he starts with Sarai, who, who, who didn't have Isaac, right? Isaac, we understand, is remarried to Rebecca, who did now have the children Esau and Jacob, right? But before we go, what I want you to understand about chapter number 27, right? Chapter number 27, in relation to the title of the text, do you see what I see? Chapter number 27 is a chapter that is designed for us to see manifestation. Manifestation, or tell somebody manifest. If you don't mind, type it in the chat, manifest, right? Because uh, this is about manifestation. Do you see See what I see? Do you see the manifestation? How do you see or what do you see based upon what it is that you believe you see, right? So as we're looking at chapter number 27, we see manifestation. You say manifestation how, right? When we go through the family lineage, right? We have not, uh, we've already experienced this before. Although Ishmael and Isaac were not twins, listen, there was a decision that had to be made, right? By Abraham and by Sarah, We understand God told Abraham, uh, Isaac would be the promise, right? But according to the law per se, it is the eldest child that is the one that receives the inheritance, right? And when he receives the inheritance of his father, right? When the father dies off, it is the eldest son that now becomes the leader of that particular family and of the inheritance that was left by the father. He receives two times as much as any other sibling, right? So rightfully so, according to the inheritance, it would be Ishmael. But we understand according to the word that God spoke, it is designed for Isaac, right? So we see there was conflict early on in the life of, 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 of Abraham and Sarah with the children, Ishmael and Isaac. And now there seems to be a repeat now with Isaac, the son of Abraham and Rebekah. And we see the same thing that is taking place now with these children, the twins. Now, this is the thing that makes it different. We understand Ishmael was uh, was was significantly much, much, much older than, you know, Isaac, right? And, and the difference between them, there was this gap, this, this age gap. But when you think about Esau and Jacob, these are twins. It becomes a little bit more difficult to deal with. These are twins. And we understand Esau was the eldest because he was born first, but we still cannot overlook the fact these were twins. And when you think about Ishmael and Isaac, Isaac was born of the covenant that God would favor, the covenant that God would breathe upon, the, the Abrahamic covenant, where he said he would establish the land. It was going to come by way of Abraham and Sarah. We understand Ishmael was according to Abraham and Hagar. 
He came by way, Ishmael came by way of the servant, you know, Sarah's servant, her maid servant, Haggai. So it was not in the design or in the purpose of God. But God still said, you know, because this thing troubled Abraham, but God let him know, listen, I'm going to make a great nation out of him and in the like manner as I'm going to do with Isaac, right? But like I said, when you dive into this now that it's taking place with Esau and Jacob, these are twins. It's a little bit more difficult. But nevertheless, God is still going to see fit that his plan or his will is going to be carried out. So again, hence we're talking about manifestation, right? And when we look at the opening words of the chapter, right? Because some of y'all would have just ran right past this, right? The opening words of the chapter is, and it came to pass. Tell somebody, see, this is why we're talking about manifest. Uh, when you begin to look in your life, have, have you noticed some things that God has said, it has come to pass, right? And when we talk about come to pass, the, the, the definition or the understanding in the Hebrew is talking about to exist or to happen. God has brought something into existence or God has caused something to happen based upon that that he's spoken, based upon his divine will, based upon the purpose that God sees fit to bring into the earth realm for the glory of the God to be made manifest according to that thing that God has spoken concerning your life, right? And as we're talking about, do you see what I see? Most of us don't take the time to examine our lives, to go through our lives with the fine tooth comb to see where the word of God has actually come to pass, to see where God has brought his word into existence in our lives because we understand when God speaks things sometimes that thing is lingering in the spiritual realm and we need to have the ability to pull that thing into the natural realm right but most of us we don't see the manifestation of what God said because we are left it lingering just in the in the spiritual realm right we have not come to that place we have you know had the fortitude or the wherewithal to bring that thing or to pull that thing here into the natural realm by way of faith by way of our belief by way of trusting in what God said standing on the word of God not being moved by what we are attacked by or what the enemy speaks to us or what the enemy shows us but remaining flat-footed steadfast standing on the word of God to know that God is not a man that he should not lie nor the son of man that he should repent and that God honors his word well above his uh his 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 name so understand that right there to pull that thing in is going to come by way of faith. Your ability to trust what God says, right? So most of us, we have not examined our lives to see where the word has come into existence or to see God cause this thing to happen in our lives. Some of you need to go back and just re-examine your life, re-examine you, and just maybe you might have misinterpreted your life uh, to where you have not seen uh, the word of God manifest itself in your life, right? So the book says, and it came to pass, right? It came to pass. That manifestation took place, right? That when Isaac was old, right, and his eyes were dim, so that he could not see, he called Esau, his eldest son, and said unto him, my son. And he said unto him, behold, here am I, right? So it came to pass when Isaac was old and his eyes were dim, right? And see, most of us, we have this inability to, to not be able to examine our eyes or not be able to examine our life, rather, or 
examine the lives of all the people around us because like Isaac, our eyes have become dim, right? And when we talk about dim in the Hebraic context or the Hebraic understanding, it's simply talking about his eyesight has grown weak, right? And if it's not that his eyesight has grown weak, his eyesight has been restrained. Something is holding him. We know in this case, it is his age as he understands he is nearing death, right? So as he's getting older and approaching death, right, his eyesight has been limited. It has been restrained. Age is putting a hindrance on his ability to see the thing clearly, see it for what it truly really is, right? And for most of us, you may not be at that age that Isaac were, but for some of us, rebellion has caused your eyesight to dim. You can't see how you used to see, right? Or maybe it's deception, or maybe it's fear that does not allow you to see things for what they truly are, right? You allow yourself to be deceived, right? Because rather than seeing the truth about a thing, or truth about an individual or truth about yourself because a lot of times when I have to see the truth and deal with the truth about myself it makes me feel bad and, and I don't like the way it makes me feel so I would rather feel happy I, I would rather have some joy right some peace in my life rather than having to deal with the pain or the trauma or the tragedy or the truth that I will have to see about myself so therefore I have allowed my eyesight to become dim in other words my eyesight it is weak right I, I, I'm weak in what what I see based upon those people that are in my life who are close to me, right? I don't want to see anything off about them. I don't want to see anything that could be considered bad about them, right? Or maybe my eyesight is just altogether restrained, just, just, just because of my blind spots. You know, it's just restrained. My vision is just restrained. Something just halts my vision when it comes to them to him, to her, to them, to you. So scripture says, and it came to pass that when Isaac was old and his eyes were dim so that he could not see, he called Esau. And this is what I like. Although Isaac clearly understands that his vision has become weak or restrained, Isaac is now utilizing his other senses to be able to see what's going on around him, to be able to tell, discern uh, what's going on around him, right? So he says, he called this elder son and said unto him, my son, and he said unto him, behold, here am I. Now, the first sense that he's utilizing is his sense of hearing, right? I understand, and this is what you got to understand. Some of us don't even understand the importance of our hearing, right? All throughout scripture, if you have not taken place or, or taken notice, I should say, God is telling, listen, he may say, behold, you may see, behold, here and there, and all these different things. But, but, but more often, you're going to see here. You're going to see hearken. You're going to see heed. All three different words that are, that are pointing to your hearing. You're hearing, you're hearing, you're hearing, right? So it is speaking to the importance of this sense of hearing. And so we understand Isaac is able to interpret, Isaac is able to see in a sense or a different manner by utilizing the other senses because the sense of eyesight has become weakened, right? So the first one is on display. Zero. He calls for his son, Esau, and Esau answers, Behold, here am I. The recognition of the voice, the familiarity of the voice of Esau. And, and notice, he calls him, he says, uh, he calls him, he says, my son, my son. I want you to see something there, so just keep note of that. And he said unto him, now I, 
Now, behold, now I am old. I know not the day of my death, right? So he's letting us know I'm coming to that point where I can sense it, you know. Death is around the corner. It's coming. I just don't know the exact day or hour, but I know that it's close because my body is starting to fail me. Things are starting to slow down. And, you know, where I used to have control over things, I don't necessarily have the same control over my physical body as I once did. He says, but now, therefore, take, I pray thee, thy weapons, thy quip, and thy bow, and go out to the field and take me some venison. And what we're understanding about the scripture, even as he refers to him as my son, right? We understand there is a favoritism that is shown uh, for Esau uh, from Isaac. And in like manner, there is a favoritism shown to Jacob uh, uh, from Rebekah. So, so they, they call them, the scripture lets us know, as, as each parent is talking to that particular child, they call each one, my son. As if to say, you know, or as if to overlook the fact that you have another twin. And, and, and all of this that is going on, but there is another twin that is yours as well. But we understand, notice, if you're being honest and if parents are not careful, listen, there is, you can fall into that place where you actually favor uh, one of your children out of all your children. They just get you. They just understand you. You, you understand what I'm saying? Like, 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 it's almost like that's truly your mini-me. Like, they like the same things that you like. They're interested in the things that you're interested in. It's easy to talk to them. It's easy for y'all to understand one another. Y'all can look at one another and finish each other's thoughts in y'all head before even speaking something out. They just get you. You understand what I'm saying? And, and, and look at this right here. Uh, because it was two twin boys, right? Look at the relationship that this boy has with his mother. Oh, you can't overlook that, right? This boy understood his mother, whereas the other boy understood his father, and the father understood that boy, and the mother understood the other child, right? We cannot overlook what is taking place in the scripture. So again, I pose to you the title of the text. Do you see what I see? How? Because of blind spots, if we're not careful, we can favor one child over the other, thereby bringing division in the house unintentionally bringing division in the house. And if you're like me, when people tend to just get you, you don't have to work that hard in the relationship. It becomes easier to just to, to just gravitate to that person because they understand me. They understand my jokes. They understand how I, and why I laugh at the things that I laugh at. They just get me, right? Simply put, they just get me. They understand me, right? And if, if, if you're not careful, we can find this taking place between parents and, 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 and children. This is what we see taking place. So Esau was given the instruction, go, 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 go do your thing that you do, which we understand Esau, out of the two children, Esau was a man of the field, whereas Jacob was considered to be a man of the tents. Esau, he, 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 he would go out here, he would hunt. Now, the, according to what uh, 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 Isaac is uh, asking for, go and prepare me that, that venison, that savory meat that I like. We see that both have the ability to cook. Both know how or know their way around the kitchen. Both of them know how to throw down in, in the kitchen is what we see. Because um, when you think about Jacob being a man of the tents, he's going to learn those things that are 
considered house type things, you know. He likes to read, you know. He likes to gather information and, 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 and do things like that. He, he probably likes to garden and things like that and, and stay close to the house and I'll, 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 I'll go out here and feed the livestock and things of that nature out there. I'm going to help my mom because I see how my mama be struggling with, you know, my daddy, all his roles, taking him down to the river and washing stuff. And, and I'm going to help my mom. I, I don't like to see my mom struggling like that. She tripping and falling by trying to watch my daddy laundry. So I'm going to help my mom. See, that's that I ask me. I hate to see my mama struggle like that. You know what I mean? However I can help my mama, I'm going to help my mama. I'm that type of boy. If you want to label me a mama's boy, then so be it. Know that I love my mama, but you need to know I love my daddy as well. So I, I don't want you to just consider me a mama's boy without considering me to be a daddy's boy as well. Listen, because I love both of my parents and I would do whatever I can to help support my parents. You got to understand that, right? So we cannot overlook what we see that is taking place. Jacob sees a lot that Esau may not see because of his time spent around the tent or the house, right? Whereas Esau was out in the field and, you know, he's out here hunting to bring meat back so we can have meat on the table, a certain kind of meat, because you got to understand the livestock, Isaac had money per se or livestock so if it was just about going to go get me he could go right out in the yard and bring some meat but we understand he had a certain taste for me he loved venison that we see right he considered that to be saver made it he understand his son esau had the equipment or the skill set to bring back that that he loved and the point that i'm making you got to be careful because the bible lets us know don't let your belly become your god and because his belly at times is his god he makes reference to this son who can only satisfy this god at times and it's esau so no wonder he may feel the way he feels about Esau because Esau satisfies his God, his belly at times. So, so we cannot overlook those different things, right? So he tells him, now therefore take, I pray thee, thy weapons, thy quiver, thy bow, and go out to the field and take me some venison. He says, and make me savory meat such as I love and bring it to me that I may eat, that my soul may bless thee before I die. I want to eat this so that I can be satisfied, so that my belly, my God, can be satisfied in the moment. And please don't misinterpret what I'm saying. I am not trying to uh, belittle or, or tear down the character of Isaac. I'm just, I'm, I'm just noticing something in, in here, you know, uh, about the belly, per se. So that I could be satisfied, you know, uh, before I die. And then he tells them, you know, and, and the scripture says that Rebecca heard when Isaac spake to Esau, his son, Esau went to the field to hunt for venison and to bring Rebekah, whose names means ensnare. Now, remember, when, 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 when the servant of Abraham went to go find a wife for Isaac, he went back to the family of Abraham. And the servant prayed a prayer, a specific prayer about what this woman, you know, not, not just for her to be beautiful, but for her to be a servant, one that was willing, one that would give, one who didn't mind serving. And he spoke about the water, you know, I want, I want this person to give me drink, but not only give me drink, but to give drink to the camel. And he met her, and she was coming back from the well. And he asked to drink, and she gave drink. She, she didn't hesitate, she quickly 
gave him drink, but not only gave him drink, but gave drink to the camel. And the servant understood this is the one. So all the arrangements was made for her to go and be the wife of Isaac. Her father wanted her to stay a little while, but she insisted on leaving immediately to go and pursue the role of being wife to Isaac. But when Isaac saw her as she returned with the servant to bring her back, he was immediately captivated by her beauty. Therefore, he was ensnared or he was trapped by her Beauty. Do you know somebody and can you relate? Where if you don't discern the beautiful things carefully, you can get caught up dealing with those beautiful things. You understand? Uh, think about, especially in relationships, when you, when a man is dealing with a beautiful woman, she knows how to make herself look appealing to this man, that, that her beauty captivates this man, that, that when he needs to, to stand up and be firm, he, 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 he doesn't necessarily be who she truly needs him to be, a strong man, but he gives in to her beauty. He gives in not just to her beauty, but he gives in to her tears that she's able to manifest or produce right on the spot, thereby, you know, messing up her beauty, you know, and I say messing up her beauty in the sense of her mascara is now running based off of the tears that she was able to manifest or produce. And, and, and this always pulls on his heartstrings to the point that where he needs to stand up and say no, he finds himself giving in, okay. Baby, you can have it. You know what I'm saying? You can have it. The beauty, he, he's snared or trapped by the beauty. And if it's not always the beautiful exterior per se, it is the beautiful mannerisms that are on display, right? Uh, tell me, it, it has to be difficult for a man who, who, who's dealing with the woman who has shown him, I got your back. Uh, I am that ride or die. Yes, I am. I am that ride or die one that you, you truly need. Uh, I don't care where you are in life. I don't care what you've done. I'm here. I'm here. And I ain't going nowhere, right? So the beauty of that mannerisms that are put on display, he can be ensnared or trapped by that to know that, listen, man, she'll do whatever for me. She's going to make sure she just want to see me happy. She just want me to see me at my best, be the best version of myself. So she's going to do whatever. She's going to go hard to make sure. I'm talking about that one that, that hey, she's going to always have your dinner ready. I don't care if y'all just got in an argument. She's going to move and operate as if y'all never got in an argument. Going to bring your food and it's not going to be burnt. She's going to bring your food and politely put it on the table, not just throw you something. You understand what I'm saying? And if you want to be a little bit intimate after the dinner, she's saying, listen, I'm ready. Just all you got to do is give me the word. Understand, just say what it is, and I'm down for whatever with my boo. You got to understand, because I'm better ride or die. See, listen, men can get wrapped up, tied up, snared, or trapped by the beauty of a woman. The beauty of a woman. And we know Isaac was captivated by her beauty. He was captivated by her beauty. He saw her sitting up on the camera from a distance. And when she got closer, she got down. Oh, he had to bow down. <laughs> you understand? It began to just give God prayer. He had to pray right down the spot and give God thanks. What? You get, oh my God. You, you can't, oh. 
And, and I'm trying to figure out maybe Isaac was of the mindset that maybe I don't deserve somebody like this. Or when I was thinking beauty, I, now nah, I, I, nah, there's the beauty that I know that is my definition, but she supersedes my definition of what I believe beauty to be like, well, I ain't got no words for that. And you can become ensnared or trapped because you see the beauty of this person and deep down on the inside of yourself, uh, uh, because of the blind spots that we have about ourselves, we'd be like, man, I don't deserve that person. Or not just the exterior beauty, but just yeah, like we talked about, their beautiful mannerisms, their character, their nature, how they move and operate. We say to ourselves like, man, I don't deserve nobody like that, man. She always good to me, man. And I'd be acting stupid some days and acting foul, man. But she, she just with me, like, and the truth be told, if she was treating me how I treat her, I would not be. That's how some of us as men, we think, and that's how we see it, and that's how we interpret it. But she, nevertheless, with all your idiotic ways that you be acting, acting real crazy someday, she still there, and she still shows you that I want to be here. There is no other place I want to be. I don't want to be with nobody else. When I said, but for uh, to death do us part, I meant that is what she's saying. I, I, I meant that. I meant that. I meant that. I'm here. You can get instead because how you view this thing is like, I don't deserve somebody like that. So her name means instead, but she, whether she's trying to or not, she knows how to set a trap. She's successful when it comes to catching what she wants to catch. Oh, come on here, Isaac, testify. Yeah, and the scripture says that Rebecca heard when Isaac, she heard when Isaac spake, right? To Esau, his son, and Esau went to the field to hunt for venison and to bring it, right? And then the scripture says that Rebecca spake unto Jacob, her son. Now, do you see the significance there? She calls Jacob my son. Esau referred, or, or, or Isaac refers to Esau as his son, right? She says, saying, behold, I heard thy father speak unto Esau, thy brother, saying, bring me venison, make me savor meat that I may eat, and bless thee before the Lord before my death. She then responds in verse 8 by saying, now therefore my son. In other words, she said, Jacob, this is serious, this is serious, this is serious. You got to listen to me and you got to hear me well. Follow my instructions to the T. Don't deviate from nothing I'm telling you to do. Exactly what I'm saying is what you must exactly do. You understand? She says, now, therefore, my son, obey my voice according to that which I command thee. Right? Now, this is this, is this right? When we go over to, I want you to see something, right? And, and, and this is before. Or Issachar's time. But we understand it's in the bloodline. It is something of the bloodline being able to discern. When we go over to the book of, 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 of Lord, First Chronicles, right? Chapter number 12, uh, verse number 32. And the Bible says, and of the children of Issachar, which were men that had understanding of the times to know what Israel ought to do. Looking at that portion of the scripture, right? A, B, and C portion of the scripture. We see before Issachar even comes upon the scene, 
who's a, who will be a son of Jacob before he comes upon the scene, moving and operating in such a discernment or such an understanding, Rebecca is already moving and operating, right? As we go back over to Genesis chapter number 27, right? She noticed, she heard what Isaac said to Esau. Verse five, she said, and Rebecca heard when Isaac spake to Esau, his son, and Esau went to the field to hunt for venison. So he understood what it was, or she understood what it was exactly that Isaac was expecting and what he was going to do when Esau brought him the savory meat. Once you bring me the savory meat and I satisfy my belly, my soul is satisfied because I love how you throw down in the kitchen, I'm going to bless you. I'm going to bless you. In other words, I'm going to release the oracle blessing upon you, which is irrevocable. It cannot be changed. It cannot be altered. I'm going to speak the blessing upon you. Now, when we go back to the title of the text, do you see what I see? We can look at this as if, you know what, Rebecca and Jacob, man, they was a bunch of tricks. They tricked Isaac and they tricked Esau. Right, because we understand what took place. Jacob has already deceived Esau of his birthright, his inheritance of uh, becoming the leader of the family and having uh, two times more than his brother would actually have. He's already deceived him out of that uh, based on some food. One time uh, Esau was in the field, he was hunting, and he came back and he was exhausted after coming up empty handed. And, you know, he was exaggerating, like, man, if I don't eat, man, I'm going to die. And Jacob used that to his advantage while he was cooking. Esau smelled the aroma of the good food, and he was like, well, man, Jacob says, well, give me your birthright, sell your birthright to me, and I'll give you some food so you can live. Esau like, I feel like I'm about to die. You know what? I don't care about the birthright. You can have just give me the food. And it happened. It so we can see or look at Rebecca and Jacob as a bunch of deceivers. Or could it be, according to the word that God spoke to her in chapter number 25, when the twins were in the womb, there were two nations. There are going to be two men of a people, and the elder son is going to serve the younger son. Now, the scripture never gave us any indication that she went and told Isaac about this word. So we know she had a word from the Lord concerning these two twins. And we bring in the reference scripture of Chronicles because she understood the time that was taking place. Isaac is approaching death and he has already told Esau, go find me the meat that I love, bring it back. And I'm about to speak, speak this irrevocable blessing upon your life. She understood the time and, and she could not overlook or disregard the word that God spoke to her when the twins were struggling or wrestling within her womb. The elder son was served the younger son. And in order to do that, Jacob had to do what he did. Even though we would consider it deception, Jacob had to deceive him out of his birthright. If what God said was going to manifest, because uh, we're still talking about manifestation. If it was going to manifest in the manner that God says it's supposed to manifest, Jacob had to deceive his brother. 
Rebecca had to ensnare Isaac. And, and if you want to say thereby deceive them, they had to deceive him in order for the word to come to pass. Because this is what God said. So she understood the time. He is coming upon the time that he cannot reverse. Uh, he's getting ready to die. He understands he's close to death. He just doesn't know when death is actually going to come for him. But he knows that it is close. And so he is now preparing himself to get the children or the eldest son ready for the blessing. Go get me the food. And after I'm satisfied, I'm going to bless you. They see a moment. Do you see what I see? I see an opportunity for the word to be made manifest, for the word of God to happen. I see a moment. And, and how many times because of our blind spots, uh, God has given you opportunities for the word to be made manifest in your life, uh, but you failed to understand the time that you were moving and operating in. Oh, you, you got to understand you still crying about it. You don't know how God is going to use you, but maybe God wanted to use you with all your sociability capabilities right? rather than you talking about what you having for lunch. Maybe God wanted to use you on these platforms uh, so that his glory can be revealed. You fail to understand the time. Right? And you just out here wanting folk to give you likes for this and likes for that right here, trying to amass your followers and all that he did. But you're doing it for the wrong reason. You don't understand the times like the sons of Issachar and one named Rebecca. You don't understand the time that God has given you an opportunity, but because of your blind spots, uh, you are missing the time for a manifestation of the word of God to be able to come to pass or, or to come into existence or allow God to make it happen in your life because of your inability to understand the times, understand the moment. And, and, and the scripture lets us know there were men who understood the times and knew what Israel was supposed to do. So it's not about just understanding the time. You got to know what you're supposed to do in this moment, in this specific time that you're in. Rebecca understood we only have a moment to get it right. While your brother's out in the field, listen, she begins to move through the scripture. She begins to tell him, she says in verse number nine, go now to the flock and fetch me from this too good kids of the ghost, and I will make them savor me for thy father such as he loved it. So it lets us know all three of Esau, Jacob, as well as Rebecca know how to throw down in the kitchen. Yeah, you got to understand who it brings a certain satisfaction to you. And if you're not careful, you will be thrown off or you will have blind spots based upon your belly being your God, right? Not being able to discern or being able to see a thing for what it truly is because I'm so busy focusing on being satisfied down in my belly. Oh, Rather than being satisfied that the word of the Lord was made manifest in my life, I would rather have a natural satisfaction knowing that I'm full before I die. Then I can speak the blessing over you because I'm full. But understand, there are some of us who are not satisfied until we see the word of the Lord made manifest in our life. Until what God says happened the way God says it's supposed to happen. With whom it's supposed to happen with. We're not satisfied. We won't be satisfied until we see the manifestation of what God said. And the question I pose to you again. Do you see what I see? You ought to not be at a place where you're satisfied until you see the word of God being made manifest, until you see his word being made existing in this realm, or until you see it happening in your life. You should not be satisfied. But most of us are satisfied. Got you a good meal, and you able to recline and, and, and unbutton your butt because it's a little too tight, and you satisfied. Now, no, I'm not satisfied until I see what God said 
manifests itself until I see it happen, I would not be satisfied. That is the mindset that I embrace. I would never be satisfied until I see what God said manifest like it's supposed to manifest. I won't be satisfied until I am the man that God says I'm supposed to be. I would not be satisfied until the word that he's spoken over my life concerning the ministry until it happens like God said I would not be satisfied. And because of this, this, this dissatisfaction or not being satisfied, it should drive you. Most of us are not driven by this dissatisfaction that we have because most of us spend time trying to, trying to make sure that there is no dissatisfaction in our body. I, I want to make sure that I'm satisfied. But maybe you see or interpret dissatisfaction in the wrong manner. Instead of you utilizing it to, to motivate you, to push you, to challenge you, to be better, misinterpret. Do you see what I see? The whole point of this is, most of us will only see Rebecca and Jacob as mere deceivers. I'm not overlooking the fact that they deceived. But when you take a deeper look and see, she understood the time and she understood what must happen. He's getting ready to speak the oracle blessing, which will be irrevocable. And if he speaks and releases this oracle blessing upon Esau, what God said would not take place. Jacob would never be our forefather. The, the, he would never be the one that God is going to use to be to bring about the 12 tribes. Or in the manner that God said, the older would serve the younger. If, if I don't do something, in other words, my parents named me Rebecca, let me be who I am. Uh, let me do what I'm good at so that the word can manifest. In other words, do you see what I see? She yielded to the moment. So I said a mouthful right there. She yielded to the moment so that the word of God could come to pass. And even if me yielding to the moment I'm viewed or seen as a deceiver, so be it. Uh, what you fail to realize is that the word of the Lord, it is going to happen. Even if you see me as a deceiver, God is going to give me an opportunity to repent. That's what you fail not to realize, that I still have room to repent. Even if you interpret or see me as a deceiver, I will have room to repent. But what you fail to see is the word of the Lord is now going to happen exactly how we spoke. So she tells him, you go to the flock and you bring me back to your little kids, right? And she said, I'm going to make this savor me for your father, sister she loved. And she said, and thou shalt bring it to thy father that he may eat and that he may bless thee before his death, right? So I'm, I'm going to prepare this thing just the way your daddy like it and I'm going to give it to you. You got to now take it to your daddy, right? And, and Jacob said to Rebecca, his mother, behold, Esau, my brother, he is a hairy man and I am a school man. I ain't hairy like my brother. Oh, 
all, you got to understand there is a true difference between the two of us. My brother's hairy, and, and I'm not hairy. I'm smooth. I ain't got all the hair on my skin like him. Surely my daddy, my father is going to recognize when he reaches out to touch us. He says, my father, peradventure, will feel me. So he understood this. Anytime daddy was talking to them, daddy liked to reach out and touch them, make contact. And don't underestimate the power of touch or the power of contact. And see, for those of us uh, in our love language, it is touch, right? You got to understand the power to so much so that psychologists and psychiatrists are saying you need to be touched or you need to be hugged at least 12 times in a day. And there were some of you, you don't want nobody to touch you. Well, I guarantee you, you act the way you act because you are not allowing nobody to touch you. Oh, you got to understand. If you would just allow people to touch you, you don't understand how in their touch is shaping you, is molding you, helping you to be who you're supposed to be but because you 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 hesitate or you don't like people touching you and all of this you are missing out on what god is trying to do in your life by way or by the means of touch he says eventually my father's gonna reach out and touch me and i shall seem to him as a deceiver i shall seem to him as a deceiver listen you got to understand according to hebrew custom and tradition a name signified your purpose but it also revealed your character too right and we understand the name jacob is pointing to the fact that he is a supplanter or deceiver not just heel grabber or heel holder but he is a deceiver esau speaks about it after this particular time, he's deceived. Later on in the chapter, Esau speaks about how I'm going to kill my brother. He was, you know what? He was, he, they were right to name him Jacob because he has deceived me these two times. First for my birthright, now from the blessing, the oracle blessing that my father was going to speak about. He has deceived me two times and he made it in his mind that I'm going to murder him. I'm, oh, I'm going to kill him. He took what belonged to me. I'm going to. First of all, you got to understand, Esau, you willingly gave it to him the first time. All behind, again, the belly. You, you, you gave it to him the first time. And do you see? Look at the connection between Esau and Isaac, both uh, dealing with this belly. The belly being satisfied. Esau, you gave it willingly because he wanted the food. But back to the scripture, Jacob is saying, listen. If he reach out and touch me, he, he, he going to see me as a deceiver. And I shall bring a curse upon me and not a blessing. Oh, but I love Rebecca. Rebecca is that real ride or die. You got to understand, Rebecca's not saying, I'm just a ride or die behind you. But you got to know, Jacob, I'm going to ride with you till the wheels fall off. She then tells him, and his mother said unto him, upon me be thy curse, my son. Don't, don't, don't worry about it. Don't worry about it. If we are found out, listen, I'm going to take the blame. I'm going to take the responsibility. And I'm going to ask that the curse be upon me. Uh, I don't know too many folk who are going to do that right there. You got to understand. There are only so many things that I'm going to take on for my, my children. You got to understand. You can look at me however you want to look at me. But my children already know what type of dude I am. There are only certain ways that I'm going to die for them. And we, they already know. They ain't, ain't no they ain't upset like some of y'all may be upset because they know. Listen, take a bullet. I'll jump in front of that bullet for you. But, but listen, let me tell y'all this little story. I, I told my children. I told my children. 
my wife is over there. My uh-uh. Uh-uh. Oh, some of y'all know the story. You understand what I'm saying? I, I, I said, nah, I, I can't do that. I, I can't. I, I, I can't. That right there, I, I can't do. And my children laugh, right? They were like, Daddy, are you serious? But then I turn around and pose the same question to them. And I see how they had to think about this thing like, would I, would I, like, hmm, I don't know, you know, but we've all come to a place where we now see it differently, rather than doing what they, they, they think or expect I would do, we, we, no, I, I'm gonna say, uh, in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ, I prophesy, you will not, you know, I'm gonna handle it differently, is what I'm saying, the situation, different, that's all I'm saying. But they know who their father is and they're not moved. It's not like they don't deal with me because they understand who I am. I'm being honest. They understand who I am and I understand who they are. And so Rebecca's letting us see I'm a ride or die all the way through, through and through. I'm ride or die for my man and for my boy. I'm ride or die. She says, so listen, if we're made out or found out, I'm going to take the responsibility and let it be upon me. So she said, listen, my son only obey my voice and go fetch me now. Do what I'm telling you. You ain't got time to be worried right now. Don't think about it. Just go do what I say. Oh, and how many times uh, you get caught up because you start seeing what you think could happen or seeing how you think it's going to play itself out rather than following the instructions to the T. No, go do what I said. See if you prolong the time. You don't even understand that time is not on our side. And the longer you sit here trying to question what it is that I'm telling you, listen, time is going to catch up on us and you are going to be made out. We are going to be made out. But if you move like I'm telling you to move, because I understand what is going to require to cook such a meal in the amount of time that is expected of your son, your brother to be back with venison and cooking. Listen, we got a certain time frame that we're working with. We got to move and we got to move quickly. Just do what I'm telling you to do. And do you understand? Just maybe, just maybe the word has not been manifest in your life because you have not followed the instructions, meaning you have not obeyed God completely, but you halfway obeyed God. And now you walk around here like, man, I don't know if God going to do it. Why would he do it? Why should he do it if you have not obeyed to the T, right? You, 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 God got to keep making an exception for you. Oh, because I know you think you're the exception. Because every time you pray, God keep gracing you. God keep showing you mercy. God keep moving forward. But listen, there comes a point where he'll let you know he has no respect to person. It's not just you. He will make an exception for it. It could be that you have worn that out for you. Not this time. If it is going to manifest it, you got to do everything and you got to do everything like he said to do it. Now, not this time where you have to do something halfway. No, you got to do it exactly how he said to do it. If it is going to manifest. Stop talking is what she was saying. Jacob, be quiet and go do what I'm telling you to do. Time is not on our side. I see too many of you, you, you stand around talking, trying to understand the images and the words that the devil has spoke to you about what's going to happen if you go do X, Y, and Z. Now tell the devil to shut up. And like you told the devil to shut up, follow suit. You shut up as well and just go do it. Don't just be a hearer, but the scripture says be a doer also. Right, most of us get caught up right here in the hearing part of what could happen based upon what I heard rather than going doing what you heard. 
Jacob, we ain't got time to talk about this. Go do what I said. And how many times you lose sight of what you've been told to do because you're so busy trying to talk about what was just told to you. We ain't got no time to talk. You're going to forget what I told you and what I told you exactly to do. You're not going to do it because you spent time talking rather than meditating on the instruction that you've been given so you can completely do it. She tell him, only obey my voice and go stop talking and go do what I said. Just that's the only thing you do. Don't worry about your daddy, don't worry about your brother, but go do what I said. Focus, yo, because we said, Do you see what I see? And most of us can't see what we're supposed to see, how God wants us to see it because of our inability to focus. What she's really saying, Jacob. Focus. Uh, you got you got to focus right now, Jacob. You allowing your attention to be snared, or you allowing your attention to be moved or manipulated by outside factors. Jacob, focus right now. You ain't got time to think about nothing but what I said to do. Focus. And if you focus, uh, you can see what you're supposed to see. You can see what it is that I see. How this thing is gonna play out. She not backing up on what she's saying. She listen. I started it. I got to go through with it because I'm not ride or die. There is no change in my mind. There is no we gonna back out. No, we not gonna do it. I started it. We got to go through with it. Now, Jacob, focus and you can see what I see. Scripture says, and he went and fetched and brought them to his mother. His mother made the savor of me such as his father loved. And Rebecca took goodly raiment of her eldest son Esau, which were in the house and put them upon Jacob, her younger son. Oh, listen, you got to understand. Listen, I got to dress you like him. You got to smell like him. I'm going to get some of his clothes, right? Because his clothes has a certain odor compared to you. I got I got to dress you and make you look like, see, she understood what was happening. I, I got it, Jacob. Just follow my lead. And as you follow my lead, listen, you in it now. You can't be afraid to go through. We in it now. We here now. We got to go all the way through. Just follow my lead and do what I'm telling you to do. So the Bible says no, right? Uh, she she put some of his, his brother clothes on him. Put on your brother clothes. You got to smell like him. You got to smell like him. Jacob was so worried about him not feeling like him because he's not hairy. I got that cup. You don't even understand. Listen, I see down the line further than you, Jacob. I see further than you, Jacob. It is my responsibility as your leader, Jacob, to see further than you. I got that cup. All I need you to do is just go do what I'm telling you to do. Listen, and she proves to him. She takes the skin of the ghost that she's prepared for and she places the skin upon him. Got it covered. Got it covered. And she says, the scripture said, and she put the skins of the kids of the ghost upon his hand and upon the smooth of his neck. Letting us know that the father touches his son on the back of the neck and he reaches out and touches him on the forearm and stuff. But listen, so I got that covered. You got the smell like him. You got the feel like him. Almost in essence, look like it. See, if your daddy could see, y'all probably look just like other than the fact that your brother has red skin and he's hairy and you got smooth skin. But 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 features, they probably were identical twins. We don't know. I'm just saying. But we know that they were twins. There are certain similarities that are, are, are with twins. But you got to feel like you got to smell like. The scripture lesson knows she gave the same of me and the bread which she had prepared into the hand of her son, right? And the scripture lesson is known. And he came unto his father and said, My father. And he said, Here am I, who art thou, my son? Again, he's now hearing or seeing based upon his hearing. 
And he said to his father, my father. And the father says, what? Here am I, who art thou, my son? Oh. Bob is starting to question something. Hold up, because you don't sound like Esau. Hmm. And Jacob said to his father, I am Esau. Thy firstborn, I have done according as thou badest me. Arise, I pray thee, sit, eat my venison, that thy soul may bless me. And Isaac said unto his son, How is it that thou hast found it so quickly, my son? And he said, Because the Lord thy God hath brought it to me. Jacob had enough sense to understand Esau, his twin brother, this was his skill set. And he knew that there were times that God favored him that God led him to the actual prey, to be able to catch the prey uh, quickly, bring it back quick. I'm pretty sure there were times that God favored Esau while he was out in the field, where God favored him and led him directly to the prey. Again, Jacob had enough sense wherewithal to know this and speak of this. And he said, because the Lord thy God brought it to me. And Isaac said unto Jacob, come near. Still with some suspicion, because when we have blind spots, blind spots will make us move and operate in suspicion. Oh, yes. Oh, yes. Yes. yes, yes. But you ain't going to be honest about the suspicion that you move and operate in. You're not going to be honest about the level of suspicion that you deal with. But because of your blind spots, we know that they are there. We know that they are there. It says, I just said to Jacob, come here, I pray that I may feel thee. Uh, I, I can't necessarily see you because my, eye, my eyes are weak and they've been restrained. And I can't really see you through what I'm hearing right now. You, you kind of sound like him, but I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. Uh, but what I am sure of, if I touch you, because you, you can't fake that hair that's on him. It's the thought process, right? So he says, I, I pray to come, come that I may feel thee, my son, whether thou be my very son Esau or not. And he says, and Jacob went near unto Isaac, his father, and he said, right, and he felt him and said, the voice is Jacob's voice, oh, but the hands are the hands of Esau. No, now you've gotten closer, and now that I, I, I hear you, mm, it's, it's, it's really, it, 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 it is Jacob's voice, but it is the hand of Esau. I, I'm, I'm perplexed. I'm, I'm confused. Hmm. Right? And, and, and he says what? And he discerned him not again. Do you see what I see? When you talk about he discerned him not, do you recognize what God wants you to recognize in the moment? Do you know and understand what God wants you to know and understand in the moment? Isaac, because of his eyesight being weak or restrained, could not recognize or know what he felt he should be able to know about his sons. And again, we have blind spots when we come to our children, right? Because they, they, they have one way they act around you and in front of you. Oh, yes. Uh, they, they act a certain way in your presence and around you. But, but, but I, I I, I encourage you to go ask God when they get away from you, outside of your presence, outside of your line of sight, outside of your earshot, being able to hear them. I encourage you to ask God, what are their mannerisms? What is their character that is on display? When they're operating with the P 
people on their level, right, with their peers, right, when they're operating on social media, what is on display from my child, God? Because you can't allow yourself to move and operate in blind spots, but thinking that how they act with you is how they're acting when they get out of your presence. Oh, you got to understand. You got to be able to discern your children when they are before you, and you got to be able to discern your children when they're not in your presence. You got to be able to discern their speech, their movements, their behavior. You got to be able to discern their character. You got to be able to discern what they are saying when they're not actually saying it. In other words, because God has given you his spirit and, and, and the Holy Ghost will give us the gift of discernment or discerning the spirit, you got to be able to read between the lines. Hear what they're not telling you. See what they're not showing you. You understand what I'm saying to you? So Isaac failed to discern him. Because his hands were hairy, as his brother Esau's hands. So he blessed him. Again, we can see this as Jacob and Rebekah as deceivers. But could it be Rebekah recognized, she discerned or understood the time? My husband is getting ready to die. And he just said, bring me food that my soul may be satisfied or my soul may be blessed but I can bless you from my soul speak and release the oracle blessing the irrevocable blessing upon you Esau but God spoke a word to her the older will serve the younger so he said listen in 24 he said and he said art thou my very son Esau one last time I gotta, I gotta check are you really Esau? Because I, I, in other words, Isaac is at the mercy of Jacob. Are you really Esau? You feel like him, but you sound like Jacob. And he said, that being Jacob, I am. And he said, and the Bible says, and he said, bring it near to me, and I will eat of my son's venison that my soul may bless thee. And he brought it near to him, and he did eat, and he brought him wine, and he drank. And his father Isaac said unto him, Come there now, and kiss me, my son. Still not completely convinced. He's already used the sense of hearing, the sense of touch. We understand it's his, his vision is weak. He's also used his sense of taste by tasting the food. All right. Now he reverts to the sense of smell. He said, and he came there and kissed him, and he smelled the smell of his rain. He smelled his clothes. I have one more sense to try before I do this. Let me, let me smell him and see if this indeed is Esau. Remember, Rebecca had enough sense to see down the line. Put your brother clothes on so you smell out of it. You're talking about knowing her, man? And her chap, her chaps. Do you see what I see? She recognized, she understood something. But he smelled Jacob. And then he blessed him. He said, see, the smell of my son is as the smell of the field which the Lord have blessed. Therefore, God give to thee 
of the dew of heaven and the fatness of the earth and plenty of corn and wine. Let people serve thee and nations bow down to thee. Be Lord over thy brethren. You understand? Be Lord over thy brethren. But according to the word that God spoke to Rebecca, the elder would serve the younger or the younger would be Lord over the older. And let thy mother's sons bow down to thee. Cursed be everyone that curses thee, and blessed be he that blesseth thee. And it came to pass as soon as Isaac. It is so. Once he finished the organ blessing, it is irrevocable. But the scripture let us know as soon as he finished releasing or speaking the blessing upon Jacob. And it came to as soon as Isaac had made an end of blessing Jacob, and Jacob was yet scarce gone out from his presence of his Isaac his father, that Esau his brother came in from hunting. Rebecca understood what was happening. She understood the time and she knew what to do. The word is going to take place. And I got to act now. She saw that she had to act. There was a moment, there was an opportunity, and I have to act now. Do you see when you're supposed to act? Carry out actions, do. Do you see this? Do you recognize this? She wasn't caught up on the opinion of man. Not even the closest man to her, that being her husband. He knows my name means ensnarer, trapper. She wasn't caught up in the opinion of what Esau would think about her. Or even Jacob. If Jacob were the compasses of black, oh, I can't believe you would play this trick, daddy. Can't worry about what you think. Yeah, this is the only opportunity we have. And if we forfeit this opportunity, it will not be how God says it's supposed to be. Because you didn't see it. You didn't recognize it. So the question is, do you see what I see? And I bring that full circle because the Bible tells us that the harvest, it is plentiful. It is plenteous. But the laborers are few. Do you see what I see? There is a time right now for us, Church of Philadelphia, the body of Christ here in this particular region to impact our surrounding region in a manner like none other. But some of y'all won't go along with the get along of what we're trying to tell you to do. You say God called you to this ministry for what? He didn't call you to the ministry for you to just be fed. He didn't call you here for you to just hear. He called you here so you can take action, so you can be a hearer and a doer. And I'm telling you, most of y'all are moving and operating in sin because you're only remaining in the place of being a hearer and not a hearer and a doer. I'm telling you, you don't know the vision. As much as we have, have preached and taught the vision, as much as we put the vision before you, you know the vision. You just refuse to help us with the vision. You don't have to have a title to help with the vision of, of, in a place that you say God called you to. 
This is about building lives through love. This is what real ministry is, building lives through love. And, that, and if that means we build one life at a time, let's build that one life, but let's build it through love. How do we do that? We are being present before people. We can't do this by ourselves. And so I'm asking you, do you see what I see? There was a moment, there was an opportunity God has given us to be effective. We can't miss our opportunity. So listen, I pray that you were encouraged by the word of God. I pray that it was a blessing to you. I pray it was full for your soul. And I pray you ate well. But I pray you go and regurgitate some of that food and give it to someone else. Bless someone else with what you deem to be a blessing to you by way of the word. Amen.